Hello, hello. Today's episode is all about the single trait that you must have to succeed long term. So that way your new changes can stick around for the long haul. Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out of control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom, the podcast where we focus on how to make real changes in your relationship with food from the inside out. And today's topic is really focusing on the inside out because we're focusing on a trait that you can cultivate within yourself that can even just with this one trait alone, really guarantee not only your success, but your long-term success. And I know that that's kind of the area where a lot of us get stuck, where we've seen some changes short-term, but nothing seems to stick, nothing feels sustainable. Um, Or you get on this great run and you feel so good, and then it's like you fall off the wagon and everything falls apart. So Today, what I want I want to talk about is this one single trait, and if you already have it, how to leverage it to your advantage, and if you feel that mm, maybe I, I'm a little bit lacking in this trait, how do we cultivate it? How do we nurture it and develop it so that way, the longer you live, the more successful you become, and not just your relationship with food, but all of your endeavors. We can apply this really to anything. So um, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you do tune in live, let me know in the comments that you're live. If you're listening to the replay, give me a shout that you're listening to the replay. For those of you who are watching the video, uh, I apologize for my laundry in the background. Part of uh, being a, a recovering perfectionist is letting myself do things imperfectly. <laughs> so this is me getting on my podcast while my laundry's in the frame. So um, it's a it's actually quite a victory that I let myself do that. <laughs> okay, so today's topic was actually um, fueled by somebody who wrote in a question. I told you guys season four, I'd really be focusing on the questions that you submit. So this question came from Zach. So first of all, thank you, Zach, so much for the question. Zach says, do you agree that in order to change, you need to have an I've had it moment where you are pissed off to the point where you just can't keep living the way that you are and that the pain will fuel you to change, right? And so he says, that's pretty much basic psychology, isn't it? Um, So great question, Zach. And I think that a lot of us listening have gotten to that point where we are so pissed off. And I know I've felt so disgusted with myself that "Ah, I can't live like this anymore. I need to change. I need to do something dramatic to get myself out of this space that I'm in. Um, And especially with the binge cycle, I know that for me, when I've gone through those long runs of binges where it was happening every day and so frequently, I would feel myself getting to that point where I just cannot live like this anymore. So um, the question of will the pain fuel you to change? That's a wonderful question. And um, and it ties in really beautifully with this one single quality or trait that I wanted to talk about today that not only um, helps us to fuel change once we've had a desire for change, but it helps to keep the progress ongoing, 
right? The, the change is actually sustainable. It's not just something that we get really into for a week and then fall off of. So, so let me first acknowledge the first piece of the question, um, which is, do you need to have that I've had it moment? Or do you need to get to a place of pain in order to change? And sometimes it is help, you know, depending on who we are, right? Sometimes pain fuels us to change and sometimes um, the desire for something better, right, fuels us to change. Uh, some of us are kind of wired to move away from pain and some of us are wired to move towards the dream, right? So, um, for example, when it comes to binge eating, some people will say, I need to stop binge eating. I need to stop feeling so out of control, right? That's the pain. Whereas some of us are more oriented toward I want to feel free. I want to feel peaceful. I want to um, really be present in my life and to be closer in my relationships once I'm free from this burden, right? So, so that kind of person is more fixated on like what's on the other side, right? So both of these things, and sometimes simultaneously, can both fuel us to change. But here's the thing. It fuels the desire for change. And the desire for change might create some initial change, but it might not create the sustainable long-term habits that we're looking for. So how do we fill in that gap between, okay, I want change and whether it's the pain of my problem or the dream that I believe is on the other side for me, once we have that desire, right, how do we then not only get to the other side of that, but then continue to sustain um, success in that area. So, um, because that's a different thing, isn't it? Right. In order to make a change, right. I can be so sick of myself and then do something super dramatic and say, all right, well, I'm not going to, you know, eat more than 600 calories for 30 days. Right. That necessarily, I mean, most of us hopefully can see off the bat that that's not necessarily a sustainable solution. It might give us that like, like we feel like we're doing something, but ultimately that might actually fuel that cycle that keeps us plummeting back into the ground. And sometimes that feeling of hitting rock bottom and really being sick of ourselves can fuel the change. But ultimately, is that the thing that continues to fuel ongoing growth and ongoing success and the and thriving? Um, not necessarily. So otherwise we keep cycling back. So let's talk about the trait that I wanted to really get into on this episode, which is the quality of a person to be growth oriented, to be, I, I like to use the word growth oriented because um, growth does not necessarily require us to do anything dramatic or to do anything perfectly in order for it to happen, right? Um, and this is uh, kind of, I guess, proven by the law of like compounding, right? So compounding really works both ways, right? It works in our growth. So if I, let's choose something really, really simple here. Let's say I want to be able to lift 50 pounds. I don't know. I'm small. Maybe that would be a big thing for me to be able to lift 50 pounds. I'm, I'm just choosing kind of a, off the top of my head. Let's say I want to do that. So 
I'm not going to measure my success or failure based on whether I can do that on day one, right? There's going to be some compounding efforts that need to take place. So one of those compounding efforts might be just showing up at a gym and picking up a lighter weight. Let's say I pick up a 10 pound weight and I start lifting it in whatever way I want to be able to lift it. And, and I can do, let's say 10 repetitions of that. Okay, great. But then I need to rest. Now, if I show up every single day, um, or most days at least, doesn't even have to be every day, but most days I show up consistently is the point, then over time I will build strength. My muscles will grow, my strength will compound, my efforts will compound, and eventually I'll be able to lift that the 50 pounds. It's not really a matter of if, it's more just a matter of when my efforts compound enough that I can lift that 50 pound weight. It's the same thing with um, learning a new dance, right? When you learn a new dance and there's choreography, that's a lot of things for the arms and legs to do at once, right? That's, we need to break it down. So I'm gonna first do this part and then I'm gonna do this part and then I'm gonna do this part. And my efforts, if I show up every day, will compound until the whole dance comes together. Once the whole dance comes together, I keep practicing it and then it becomes autopilot and look at me, I'm a dancer now. So. So it's this compounding effort um, with the, the mindset, though, that I am here not to get this perfectly on the first try. I'm here to keep showing up to grow in this, to progress in this. OK, so growth oriented. Now, compounding also works <laughs> in the reverse direction, doesn't it? Um, if I, let's say, uh, am, am, uh, I don't want to come up with a couple other examples. Let's say I'm like gaining weight, right? I don't gain 50 pounds all at one time. It's the compounded efforts, right? That will, um, maybe it's my, I'm eating too late or I'm eating too much or I'm eating too little and my metabolism is messed up or my organs are messed up. All of these compounded things can come together to create a, a situation in my body where it's holding on to weight. It's not going to be 50 pounds all at once. It's going to be one pound at first and it's going to be two, then it's going to be three and it's compounding up. You see how that works? Same thing with, um, Oh gosh, with money. I remember when I was binge eating, I'd spend $5 here on a snack from this store. Then I'd go out and I'd have like maybe a $20 binge or I'd go, oh, $15 thing here, $7 frozen pizza here, right? All these little amounts of money, right? They compound. Whereas over time, I looked at my spending and just my binges alone were thousands of dollars. Why? because of the law of compounding, right? Um, if you do small things enough times, they add up to something really big. Um, even to the point, by the way, and this is where we get more drastic, if I even think the same thoughts again and again and again, this starts to develop the way I actually see the world the way my personality manifests itself, right? If I think I'm an unworthy, you know, garbage human being who doesn't deserve anything, right? Where, where does that 
even come from, right? That comes from compounding efforts, right? Maybe at first it was like my parents who told me that repeatedly. They didn't. I'm just making up an example. Maybe it was my parents who told me that repeatedly. Maybe it was my teachers who told me that. Then maybe I just kept repeating that to myself that I'm good for nothing, right? And then eventually over time, like this is just my belief. This is how I see myself. This is how I see the world. And it's hard to even come out of that because of all those teeny tiny compounded things that just added up. Right. But the beauty of that, the law of compounding, um, is that it works in whatever way we choose. Right. So if I also let's say I'm starting at that point and I do have low self-esteem and low self-worth in that way. Right. If I start to do things that reinforce my worth, even if they're small things, even if it's just saying I love you to myself or doing something kind for to myself or just being more aware of my own dialogue and how I speak to myself um, and, and the way I show up for myself and, and do things that reinforce my own um, quality of life, right? I'm going to start to build up some self-esteem. I'm going to start to build up some worth. And now suddenly I'm a person who feels worthy, right? You see how like a whole life view, a whole personality can change just through these small actions that we're compounding. Now, for those of us who have been stuck in the binge cycle for a while, this is in reality, it's not just like I can't stop binge eating. There's so many tiny habits that compound and compile to make up that whole cycle, right? Because at first it's the, I'm restricting myself and I have this habit of, of compound restricting because I've done that so many times with so many food rules over so many years, or I've been binging or, or fighting cravings so many times for so many years, or I've been judging myself or beating myself or criticizing myself, shaming myself for so many years, so many times. So the reason why we can get to that place of feeling like, oh, I've had it is because of the compounding. But the way that we get out of it is also the compounding. And that is why this one single trait of being growth oriented is so powerful because inherently what it recognizes is um, the compounding of small efforts and how that can actually create great change and change that is actually sustainable. Now, why would that change be more sustainable than if I just did something extreme and dramatic, like cutting out half my calories like immediately? And that's my that's my strategy. Why why would this and that's I, I feel side note, I think that's a poor strategy regardless, but let's say that even did work, why would I not want to do that all at once, all in, all or nothing? Because the mind becomes so resistant to leaving the comfort zone in general, right? That's just like normal for the human mind. That's not unique to any of us. But once, once we're like outside of the comfort zone, we crave that familiarity. So if we change too dramatically all at once, or we change too many things at once, the mind says, no, this is too much. I need to go back. I need comfort. I need familiarity, right? Even if our, our zone of familiarity isn't comfortable, right? If we're used to binge eating all the time, we know that's not comfortable. We know that's painful, but on some level, it is a comfort because it's so familiar, because it's what we know, because it's our ingrained habit. So yes, 
being in pain can fuel that desire for change. But is it really the thing that continues to grow us and heal us and help us thrive rather than just like constantly trying to claw our way to the top after we've fallen again to the bottom? You get what I mean? So, so with the growth oriented mindset, what's interesting about it is it's actually the opposite of what most people who struggle with binge eating have which is this all or nothing mentality. Now you might have a growth oriented mindset with other things, right? Like you might've um, done really well in school and you know that that's because you showed up and you were consistent and growth oriented and you were looking to improve and to get better. And when you made mistakes, you learned from the mistakes and that's how you did well in school or that's how you grew a business or that's how you cultivated a healthy relationship in your life. Right. There are many ways that we can be growth oriented, but a lot of times when it comes to food, we're not. <laughs> we have this ideal of what it should look like in the end. And then we try to jump directly to that and make an extreme change that we then rebel against. And now suddenly we're back at square one, undoing all of our hard work and feeling quite discouraged. So being growth oriented means being progress oriented. So in order to grow or have progress, we first need to understand first thing, which is where are we going? Right? Where am I going? And this is where some people who are who who don't have that vision of here's what I want my life to look like on the other side of this. Right? If you don't have that vision, you don't know where you're going. If you're only saying, and I'm not saying this is bad because, you know, Pain is a thing that fuels change on some level. It is. But if we only are motivated by getting away from that pain and saying, I can't take it anymore, we don't really have a direction, do we? So we want to make sure we know where we're going. And, and so for people who have this idea of, I want to feel more peaceful with food. I want to feel more free. Right? I want my food um, decisions to feel like choices instead of compulsion, right? Now we're getting somewhere because now we're going to know if we see glimpses of that through our compound efforts, we know we're on, in, on the road, right? We know we're in the trajectory. When I work with my clients, I have them check in uh, daily so I can, I can see their trajectory and I can see the areas where these these smaller changes are compounding. And what that does is it lets me say, okay, this is the area where they're already on the path. So we can keep fueling that. Or this is the area where this is more stagnant. So we need to um, address this one area. And what that does is it lets us work on smaller things that actually make the biggest difference long-term. But the beauty of working on small things versus giant things all at once is it's much easier for the mind to accept. The mind doesn't put up this big battle of resistance saying, no, I cannot do this teeny tiny thing. Usually it puts up the big battle of resistance of, oh my God, this is so hard. How am I ever gonna sustain this? Tiny things are not very challenging to sustain. There's a book two books actually that are, I think, pretty famous now. One of them is called Atomic Habits. The other one is called Tiny Habits, but they pretty much have the same concept showing that long-term behavioral change 
is actually reinforced and fueled by small changes, like smaller than we'd even think, as opposed to big changes. Why? Because when we're growth oriented, we understand that it is the small decisions that we make day in and day out that create our ongoing progress, that create create our success, that create our growth. So therefore, if I have a mistake or if I forget something or if I mess up, right? It's not the end of the world. It's not, oh, no, I've fallen off the wagon. Now it will be months before I can get myself back together. It's none of that. There is no all or nothing mentality there. Instead, what it is, is it's, ah, okay, here's a mistake that I made, right? Here's the lesson that I'm learning from that mistake. And now I'm going to apply that lesson to next time in small amounts so the mind is not resistance, but I know for me that I'm just going to keep going with these small efforts and they will compound. And this is how, by the way, the turtle won the race against the rabbit, isn't it? The rabbit said, that's it. I'm going to win this. I'm gung ho. Here I go. And used all the energy, um, got tired, needed to take a nap and then fell asleep, not even knowing that the turtle who took one tiny step and another tiny step, and another tiny step, steady, 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 suddenly the turtle is the winner. And um, what's quite amazing about that, and my this is like something that I hear from my clients a lot, which shows how kind of ingrained in the mind this can be. Um, most of my clients have been struggling for at least 10 years with food, often 20, 30, 40, 50 plus. So they know what it's like to feel stuck ongoingly. And they have gotten to that point of the pain to fuel the change many times before. They've gotten to that point of saying, that's it, I'm sick of myself. And then they do some extreme thing, some rigid diet, some whatever, some have done things even more extreme than dieting. Um, but then they find that that's not sustainable. They fall off that thing. They get back to their point A where they where they started or worse off than that even. And then they get sick of themselves again. And then they say, that's it. I'm going to change. And then it, it just keeps going in that cycle. That's not progress. That is being stuck in a freaking loop, right? That is stagnation. It feels like progress because every time you hit that rock bottom and you bring yourself up, right, it feels like, oh, I'm making progress now. But long term, is it really? No, it's continuing to loop back in that same cycle. So with with progress and a growth oriented mindset, what happens is we value consistency and showing up and doing the little things over perfection and over all or nothing over. It's no black and white thinking at all. And this is how we can guarantee success because you know, just like that turtle, if you take one step and then another step and another step and another step, suddenly you've walked a mile. Suddenly you've walked two miles, right? We just keep putting one foot in front of the other, in front of the other. How do you think babies learn to walk, right? They start out crawling. They stand up. They start to walk in the beginning. They can't get more than a step. They're just trying to like stand up and not fall down. 
But here's the thing. When they do fall down, they have this like inherent, it's not conscious, they're babies, obviously, but it's this inherent growth oriented mindset of, oh, I've fallen down and now I'm going to stand up. Right. And sometimes we cry when we fall down and that's okay too. As long as we stand back up though, right? Because when we stand back up, that's the energy of growth. That's the energy. And the more growth oriented we are, the more willing we are to stand up again, right? I have fallen down. I will stand up again. I will rise and I will take my next step. Oh, I fell down again. All right. I'm up again. I've risen and I'm taking the next step. And the more we build even just that tiny habit of getting up after we fall, look at the infinite growth that is now possible for you. Look at the infinite success that is now possible for you, right? I have been growing this um, business and growing this podcast for years now, right? Now, a lot of people, and I'm not, by the way, claiming to be like the best ever. I know I have, I still consider myself to be very much a beginner in this area. But what I know is that a lot of the, you know, business kind of coaching programs that I've done, I always invest in coaching myself. And I've been in groups with other people. And there are people who get on these spurts and they market themselves and they put everything out there and they do all these efforts. And then it's crickets for months after that, because they've put out all this effort, they burn themselves out, and then they cannot continue, or they they're, it didn't work out the way they wanted the first time, and then they just give up. And this is the opposite of a growth mindset. I know for myself, and I've been internalizing this lesson more and more over time, that my mistakes are inevitable. <laughs> I have had made so many mistakes, um, in my own personal growth, in my own business growth, and in, in everything I do, I make mistakes. Now, my old Katie, right, old Katie, old version of me, would beat myself for these mistakes. I'd say, that's it, you've blown it, right? And the more I would say that, the harder it was to progress. The more I'd feel like, oh, now I'm starting at square one. I screwed, I screwed everything up. I undid all my hard work. Now, I recognize those mistakes are still inevitable, but because my mindset, instead of being all or nothing, is now growth oriented, I say, okay, what can I learn from this mistake? Apply it for next time and get up again and again and again. And the beauty of, of that is we don't have to, because um, I know a lot of us when we are future tripping, like, and by future tripping, I mean like looking ahead and trying to plan out for the worst case scenario in the future. We say, how am I going to sustain this forever, right? But with this, with a growth-oriented mindset, you don't have to worry about sustaining forever. All you have to do is focus on this present moment right now and how you can grow yourself in this moment, how you can make progress in any amount in this moment. We call this the any amount principle. What can I do for myself to help me move forward, to grow, to keep moving on the trajectory in any amount, even if it's like a tiny turtle step, it's still a step in the right direction instead of a cycle and a loop back to the old ways. So the more you can, number one, practice that growth oriented mindset. Number two, 
be forgiving of yourself for the mistakes. And not only that, but see them as inevitable. See them as just stepping stones to your next success. And third, prioritize your consistency above your perfection, knowing that it's not perfection that will get you where you need to go, but it's the compounded, consistent, small efforts that you make that will keep you growing, keep you succeeding sustainably long-term for the rest of your life. That is how we do it. It's progress over perfection. It's consistency over perfection. It's growth over perfection. And the more we can invite ourselves to leave that all or nothing mentality behind and instead take the actions that we need to take in order to make genuine progress for ourselves, the more long-term success we'll see. So, and the beauty of that is now that the ball is rolling, right? Because I want to now circle back to Zach's question about the pain, right? The pain is the fuel of change. But once we've made some headway in that change, right? How do we keep that going? It's through the growth-oriented mindset, but also with compassion, right? We don't have to be sick ourselves, sick of ourselves in order to keep changing, we can love ourselves and let that be the fuel to keep changing, right? I'm For me right now, my fuel to keep growing and to keep bettering myself is my love for myself. I used to believe that if I accepted myself as I am or if I loved myself, then I would lose all my desire and motivation to change because all of, my, all of it was coming from me hating myself and wanting to be different and wanting to... Um, you know, I didn't want to live with myself anymore. Just like Zach said, like, I can't live like this anymore. That was my mentality before. Now I'm no longer in that place, but I do keep growing and I do keep changing because I love myself and because now I'm at a place and I want, I, I don't want to want things for other people. So I'm going to carefully phrase this. I'm inviting you to consider if you want this for yourself, okay? To, instead of your change is fueled by hate of who you are, how you are, to be fueled by, I love myself so much that I want to make the most of this life. I was given a gift of this life and I have beautiful people around me and um, all things considered, my life is good on paper, right? I have my basic needs met. I have people around me who I love. So it's up to me now to enjoy it as much as I possibly can and to be healthy. So that way, as I grow older, right, I can keep enjoying my life and I'm not consumed by health issues, right? All of us, um, I think, value, we value our health the most once we've lost it, right? Or once we've experienced sickness and, and once we've experienced pain, we realize like how valuable health really is, how it is like the most valuable thing because it's like the foundation for everything else to enjoy our lives and to enjoy ourselves and to feel peaceful and happy and free in this world. So um, what if your self-love or at least let's say your commitment to yourself and your commitment to your growth. What if that was the thing that kept you progressing and kept you succeeding and um, building healthier and healthier habits long-term as you, as you go, as you grow. 
right? And the other really cool thing, guys, about that strategy, instead of the all or nothing, and instead of beating yourself and being kind to yourself instead, is then guess what? As you keep going, it doesn't get harder over time. It gets easier over time because now you're acting out of a place of I'm my own ally. I am my own friend. And all of the hard you know, changes that I've needed to make, they've happened. <laughs> so now, yes, the growth is infinite, right? We can always continue to grow and heal and um, become better versions of ourselves. But ultimately, you're going to have better problems than you did before, right? Um, and it will feel easier and you're already, you, you can already trust in your own resilience. You can trust in your own growth. Like I know for me and a lot of our listeners, I've gotten to the point where I have gotten up after so many really hard falls and depressions and binges and addictions. And I've gotten up after so many face plans and such painful falls I know I'm never going to stay down. So I know that even if I have something in the future that is devastating, deep down, I know I can trust myself to always get up. I can trust my own resilience. And that is because of this one single trait, growth oriented mindset. It's not all or nothing. It's making those small compounded actions that we know leads to inevitable growth and sustainable change. So I hope you guys find that helpful. Um, and this is really the reason, oh, yay, Jaffa watching live from, where is that flag? What is that emoji, Italy? Is that it? I'm not great with flags. <laughs> Let me know where you're from. Um, so uh, this, is, this is really one of the big things that I focus on in our rewired eating immersion. This is our 12-week program where we help people go from years of binge eating and being stuck in that cycle to get to that place where you are consistently growing and it does become easier with time. And you do have that increasing peace and ease and freedom and relief with food. And what our clients have found is that when they show up in that way, it feels so much easier because you're really only focused on small things at a time. So you still see the huge changes, but because it's happening gradually, what are, and I see this all the time with our clients, um, we have this exercise, it's like a halfway thing through the program where I have them kind of zoom out and after six weeks, look back and just reflect and write down like the changes they've seen just in those six weeks alone. And they are blown away because as the changes were happening, it was gradual. Right. It didn't feel like a lot of work or I mean, it's still work. You have to show up and do the work, but it's not the same kind of work where you're like depriving yourself and fighting yourself and willpower and all that stuff. It's just showing up, implementing and integrating these small, teeny tiny habits every day, but consistently. And then when you look back after six weeks, they're like, what? I can't believe how much change happened. And I didn't even realize it as it was happening because I'm doing these compounded small things. Now that's just after six weeks. Think about then 12 weeks. That's why our, our clients see like such dramatic changes that sometimes seem 
unbelievable to the outside, but really it's these compounded efforts. Now think about that. That's just like the immersion where you're learning the stuff. Think about now you've applied that for a year. Think about now you've applied that for two years, three years, four years, five years. In the beginning, when I first started ending my binge eating, um, I felt like I was out of the eating disorder realm. I was no, I no longer considered myself to have an eating disorder, but I wasn't still like completely healthy. Um, I wasn't really like craving healthy foods that much. Now that it's been years later, I craved celery the other day, right? I never in a million years, old Katie never would have believed I would ever crave celery, but it happened. And this is the, I attribute this to the growth oriented mindset and the small compounded habits that have taken place year after year that have not been difficult to implement because they're small. Right. But when we grow and when we, when we keep going in the, in the direction that we want, we're going to be like that turtle sooner or later, we will get there. And ultimately it will, it sounds like the slow path, but ultimately, it, how much faster is that than cycling the same cycle again and again for years and years and really getting nowhere? So I hope you guys have found this helpful today. Um, I hope that you can look for ways in your life, food, outside of food as well, where you can implement that growth-oriented mindset and start to see uh, the fruits of your labor coming out of these small compounded actions and the kindness to yourself that you can give along the way, that compassion for yourself at every step. So um, I think that's all I have for you today. I have a favor to ask you guys if you're listening to the end of this episode. If you like this podcast and you found it helpful to you and you listen on a platform like Spotify or Apple Music, I would love if you could leave me a five-star review. That would be very meaningful to me. I don't ask for it often, um, but I feel it's called to ask for that today. So um, if you're willing to just take a moment to do that, that would be very meaningful to me. And I thank you in advance. So um, that's it for today, folks. Listen, if you want to learn more about the rewired eating program that I mentioned, please do learn more about it. Reach out to me. It's a brand new year. Um, I know that a lot of you do not want to go into your next year dealing with the same problem. So if you want that ongoing, consistent change, sustainable change, please do learn more about the, pro the rewired eating program. It's on my website, katiepapo.com. You can find it. Uh, feel free to reach out to me directly as well through email, uh, through Facebook Messenger, and those links are on my website as well. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I know that it can be scary to make big changes, even if they are positive changes. So um, if you have any hesitation or you need to talk this through, please do feel free to reach out, um, and I'll be more than happy to support and assist you. All right, my friends, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you again for your support. And I'll see you next time. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you're ready to get down to business and work with me to end your food issues permanently, please reach out or go to katiepapo.com for more info. Be kind to yourself, and I hope to see you for the next episode.